Do you want to practice astrology in a more accurate and concrete way that allows you to give more powerful readings to your astrological clients? Then join us for our upcoming Uranian Astrology for Practicing Astrologers Immersion, which begins this January 30th, 2024. You can find out more information by checking out the link down below in the description box. Hey there everyone, Michael A. Bryan here from the Oraculous School of Astrology with yet another question and answer segment where practicing astrologers bring me their questions and I provide them answers based on my astrological logical practice. Can we calculate the Antitia or counter-Antitia for each factor in the chart? Because I've seen Antitia calculated for Ascendant and also for Midheaven. So this first question has to do with Antitia and contra-Antitia and whether or not we can calculate these things for other things in the chart other than the Ascendant and the Midheaven. Now, for those of you who don't know, Antitia refers to reflection points on either side of the Cancer-Capricorn axis. Contra-Antitia refers to reflection points on either side of the Aries-Libra axis. Antitia and Contra-Antitia are two of the most powerful types of aspects that we have within traditional astrology. And even though we technically don't refer to them as aspects from a traditional astrological context, they're still very important and very potent planetary combinations, and they still represent a very potent sort of planetary relationship. We tend to view Antitia as having the same value or strength as a conjunction, and we tend to view contra-Antitia as having the same value or strength as an opposition. Therefore, if you have two planets within your chart that are having a relationship by Antitia, meaning one of those planets is occupying the Antitian of the other planet, then those two planets are thought to basically be in a conjunction relationship. Now, at the Oraculo School of Astrology, I teach my students our astrological mnemotechnics or our astrological memory techniques so that they can memorize all of the signs that have an Antitia relationship and also all of the signs that have a contra-Antitia relationship. But for those of you who don't know, the signs that have an Antitia relationship are Cancer and Gemini, Taurus and Leo, Aries and Virgo, Libra and Pisces, Aquarius and Scorpio, and Sagittarius and Capricorn. Those are the six pairs of Antitia signs within traditional astrology. And if you know the signs that have an Antitia relationship with each other, then you automatically also know the signs that have a contra-Antitia relationship with each other because the contra-Antitia of any sign is going to be the sign that is directly opposite the Antitia of that sign. So for example, the Antitia sign of Cancer is Gemini, therefore Sagittarius is going to be the contra-Antitia sign of Cancer because Sagittarius is the opposite of Gemini. The Antitia sign of Taurus is Leo, therefore Aquarius is going to be the contra-Antitia of Taurus because Aquarius is the opposite of Leo, which is the Antitia of Taurus. Aries is the Antitia sign of Virgo, Therefore, Libra is going to be the contra-Antitia sign of Virgo because Libra is the sign that is opposite Aries and Aries is the Antitia sign of Virgo. And we can go through the six pairs of Antitia signs or signs that reflect each other and this will always be the truth. 
So, the contraantitia is going to be the opposite sign to whichever sign, a particular sign, has an antitia-based relationship. That's a mouthful. Now, the question was whether or not we consider other factors within the chart as being valuable from the perspective of antitia and contraantitia. And the truth is, yes. Every single planet can have an antitia-based relationship with every other planet. Because if a planet occupies a particular degree of the zodiac, then that planet is going to have an antitia relationship somewhere else in the zodiac. And if a planet is standing on the reflection point of another planet, then those two planets are resonating together with each other. This is a very important topic within traditional astrology because once again, planets that have an antitia-based relationship are going to be as powerful as conjunctions. And we wouldn't ignore conjunctions in our chart if we saw them. Therefore, we also shouldn't ignore antitia relationships within our chart because the antitia is just as powerful as the conjunction. Similarly, the contra-antitia is going to also be just as powerful as the opposition. Now, the question is, why? Why should this be the case? And the answer to this question directly ties into why Uranian astrology is such a powerful system of astrology in general. The founder of Uranian astrology, Alfred Witter, noted this concept of antitia relationships that exist within the zodiac, or this idea that two planets can equally reflect each other if they were brought into relationship with a common axis. And so, in the case of antitia, the common axis around which two planets reflect each other is zero degrees of Cancer. Or, we could also say zero degrees of Capricorn. It doesn't really matter which end of the spectrum we start at. The point is that if planets are equally distant from zero degrees Cancer or zero degrees Capricorn on either side of that axis, then those two planets essentially are powerfully connected. And the reason why they're powerfully connected is because the axis that they are finding their reflections on either side of is a powerful axis in general. We consider zero degrees of all of the cardinal signs to constitute what is known as the cardinal cross. Now, in modern astrology, many people consider the cardinal cross to be the four cardinal signs in general and any degree within those four cardinal signs. So we remember that the four cardinal signs are Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn. And today, we tend to think of anywhere in Aries being a part of the cardinal cross. However, the ancients considered the cardinal cross to be zero degrees of the four cardinal signs, and that's something that we also find being true in Uranian astrology as well. So the reason why planets are so powerful when they have an antitial relationship is because those planets essentially have their midpoint or their central point of reflection on the cardinal cross. The cardinal cross is important because from a Uranian astrology perspective, the cardinal cross, which we call the Aries point in general, is thought to be the way in which we connect with the larger world at large. 
So we would have no ability to connect with the general populace or the general world if it weren't for the Cardinal Cross, which is a part of why we use the ingress of the sun into the four cardinal signs as a means of casting predictions for the world at large in general. So we have always thought of the sun's ingress into any of the four cardinal signs as being vitally important from the perspective of global events. And when we bring this down into the specific realities of our natal chart, the cardinal cross is still very important because whereas other things within our natal chart connect us to our local environment, such as the ascendant, which we know is a product of the crossing of our local horizon and the ecliptic, therefore in Uranian astrology, we consider the ascendant to represent the local environment that we find ourselves born into. And the midheaven represents the local meridian for our location of birth, and therefore our specific MC degree represents the crossing point of our local meridian and the ecliptic. Therefore, the things that we see within our chart, from the perspective of the angles, are meant to localize us in one locale or in one location. And even the planets, for example, while those planets may be true for everyone, and while the sky may be the same for everyone, the way how those planets interact with each other, and also interact with the specific angles within our chart, is going to be specific based on our location on the earth. And if we're practicing traditional astrology, those planets are also going to specifically be the rulers of the houses within our chart. So from a traditional perspective, all of the things that we find within our chart are meant to connect us back to our sense of what a familiar environment looks like. However, the cardinal axis does not belong to any of us. And for that reason, the cardinal axis represents our connection to the world at large. And if we have planets that are standing on the cardinal axis, meaning if we have planets at zero degrees of any of the four cardinal signs, or if we have planets that are in hard aspect to zero degrees of any of the four cardinal signs, then those planets are going to be planets that are our specific connection to the world at large. And so people who have planets that are connected to the cardinal axis are people who find themselves having a major presence within the world at large, or they find issues of the world at large having a major impact on their specific lives. Because unlike other people who don't have a chart that's so directly connected into the cardinal axis, those people specifically have a chart that is directly plugging them in to the larger realities of the world around them. So we oftentimes find many influential people having the cardinal axis strongly emphasized within their charts. And because when we're talking about Uranian astrology, we're also using a wider spectrum of hard aspects, which includes the semi-squares and the sesquiquadrates, if you are someone who has your natal sun at zero degrees cardinal 
or 15 degrees of the fixed signs, or if you have any of your natal factors, specifically the five most important and the five most personal natal factors, which are the midheaven, the sun, the moon, the ascendant, or the moon's nodes, and you have any of those factors at either zero degrees of the cardinal signs or 15 degrees of the fixed signs, then you already have a chart that is deeply plugged into the world at large, and chances are that could represent you being a very influential person within the specific field that you find yourself in, or you having very influential connections with a larger version of the world than other people around you. Coming back to this point about Antitia versus Contra Antitia, any pair of planets that we find having an antitial relationship with each other, meaning they reflect each other around the midpoint of zero degrees Cancer or zero degrees Capricorn, or any planets that we find having a contra-antitia with each other, meaning they reflect each other around the central midpoint of zero degrees Aries, zero degrees Libra, those planets are going to represent a powerful way in which you are known to society and a powerful way in which you find yourself being connected to the general public around you. So, we take Antitia and Contra-Antitia to everything, basically, but we more so take Antitia and Contra-Antitia to things that have a very close and personal relationship to our charts in general. And the most personal points are always going to be the midheaven, the sun, the moon, the ascendant, and the moon's nodes, and I dare say also the faster moving planets. So any of these things having a strong antitia or contra antitia relationship are going to be things that are powerfully emphasized within your chart, and they're things that you're going to want to pay attention to. And if you want to know more about the topic of Antitia and Contra-Antitia in general, then I will be diving completely into this topic and all things connected in January in our upcoming Uranian Astrology program. Because Antitia and Contra-Antitia are the very root of Uranian Astrology from a more classical astrological perspective. And this notion and this idea of Antitia and Contra-Antitia is essentially where Alfred Witte got his concept of planetary pictures from. And the Antitia-Contra-Antitia model is essentially where we get our idea in general of midpoints from. Because Alfred Witte said, well, hey, if we could use zero degrees Cancer or zero degrees Capricorn as a reflective axis for two planets, then why can't we use an actual physical planet as the reflective axis for two planets? Therefore, if I establish Saturn, as being my axis of reflection, and I have planets equally distant from Saturn on either side. Say, for example, I have the Sun on one side of Saturn, and I have the Moon equally distant from Saturn, carrying the same distance from Saturn as the Sun does, then I essentially have Saturn on my Sun-Moon midpoint. That concept that planets can actually serve the same role as the cardinal axis as far as representing a point around which other planets can constellate 
was the most revolutionary thought that really happened in astrology for, I dare say, probably a thousand years. So, if you want to know more about this topic of Antisha and Contra Antisha, then join us in January for our upcoming Uranian Astrology for Practicing Astrologers Immersion. If you've enjoyed today's show, then please remember to hit subscribe down below. I'm currently on a mission to get 12,000 subscribers across all platforms, which includes YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify by the end of November 2023. And it's a tall order, but I'm pretty sure we can do it because we make some really good astrological content here on the Oraculous Podcast. So please remember to hit subscribe down below, hit the notification bell so that you receive notifications of when we come out with these episodes on a daily basis and please share 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 the oraculous podcast with your other astrologically minded friends so that more and more people can know about the amazing work that we're doing over here on the oraculous podcast